welcome to the regular exclusive podcast <laughs> with Jason Renee. And um, Renee, I I wanted to ask you about something because it's hot off last week's episode. We were talking about the the Mike Flan. I was trying to figure out a way to say Mike Flanagan and shenanigan all at once. Didn't really work. But that whole thing with him and Netflix breaking up, there's some updates. There, Oh, there's an update, all right. Literally just dropped today. He's going to Amazon, but what? what's next? He has acquired the rights to the Dark Tower from Stephen King himself. And the coolest part about this news is that he didn't do it through Amazon, which they previously did have the rights. Um, but did not end up going forward with the pilot that they shot, which we'll get into that if we talk about it. But this is like he has it with um, Intrepid Pictures, his company, so that they can literally take it to wherever if Amazon doesn't want to do it. Because it's like in the con, it was in his Amazon contract that if they don't want to do the, the show, they're not into it, he can take it to someone else and do it, but then still keep his deal at Amazon. So. Fucking nice. A, that's pretty cool. And that that just increases the likelihood it's going to get made. And his plan, he said, is five seasons of a TV show and two movies to end it all, which is a dream. It's like community. Six seasons and a movie. But in this case, five seasons and two movies. And is, so is this going to be a continuation of the Matthew don't, McConaughey movie? Don't do it. I don't I don't even want to talk about that movie. You haven't even seen it, which is the best part. Like, cause, Sorry, it's the worst part that you haven't seen it because you would not be joking about it if you had seen it. And granted, actually, I don't know what it would be like to see it as someone who doesn't know the Dark Tower. That might be a real trip. But But if you know the Dark Tower books and the series and you love it, that movie is an abomination. Maybe you can make me watch it to get back at me for making you watch The Mummy. Thank you for that. I'm We're doing it. So I know that you love The Dark Tower, the books, not, not that movie. So this is like the biggest news. You were like Michael in, in The Office. Like, oh my God, it's happening. Everyone stay calm. Stay fucking calm. I literally couldn't believe it. I looked on my phone and I was just on Twitter and that was the first thing I saw, like right when I woke up, which I was like, I'm up. Holy shit. I was so fucking excited. I ran around like I was screaming. So in, if I understand it right, the Dark Tower is Stephen King's like it's like his Avengers, like all his stories like kind of converge. But it's not a team up story, but like no. all of his craziness converges in this in, in this story. yes. Yes and no. So it's like, but it's like, it's basically like the Dark Tower is like the thing that is like the heartbeat through everything that he's ever written. Like almost everything of his is connected in some way. He's been doing this for so long. It's insane. In the Dark Tower series, characters from other books do show up, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's more a lot of the times it's like other books where Dark Tower things happen or like a character, or like a creature or something. And you're like, holy shit, what? Like there's been some books that I was like, holy shit, I had no idea this was connected to the Dark Tower. That's amazing. So it's like he kind of invented the whole thing with like at least novels and having them like, I mean, he's written like almost 80 novels and it's like they're all fucking connected in some way. It's pretty incredible. And so I've always dreamed that like, there would be a Stephen King cinematic universe one day. And 
I've always thought Mike Flanagan would be the guy to fucking do it. He can do anything. So, yeah, now I wonder, are we going to... No, we probably won't see his his Netflix Stephen King adaptations. We probably won't see any references to those because Netflix owns those. That's the real issue with the Stephen King cinematic universe idea is that it's really... It's spread out. Yeah, you'd have to buy the rights from literally everyone. I mean, unless... <laughs> I mean, Stephen King could probably fucking do it. I don't know, but... They're spread all over fucking town. And the people who have it, it's like they're not giving them up. You know, they're saving it for that. I'm sure Warner Brothers is planning on a shining remake any day now just just to fucking do it. You know, that IP is worth it. But I would say if, if anyone's interested in the Dark Tower, it is not just like fantasy or sci fi. It is like a little bit of everything. It's got Western romance, adventure. Um, like a lot of it takes place in another world called Midworld, but a lot of it also takes place in like New York in like different places throughout the US. So all different times. It's pretty like all encompassing, like no matter what you're really into, I think you'd you'd enjoy it. It it really spreads out from like a cowboy story at the beginning, but it it's so beautiful and it's got the best ending of all time. So it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of content to go across five seasons. Five seasons and two movies, man. There's actually like there's there's just so there's a lot of books with how big they are. A lot of them, it makes sense. Maybe even three movies. It's not like Game of Thrones where we give you two half shit seasons for the last two. We'll see. We we have to get there first. I know, but I'm just saying, if it's Mike Flanagan, I think I would trust him with my life. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm excited. Cool. Well. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm excited to talk about is everything everywhere all at once. Mrs. Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look good. Right. The moment has come. Everything everywhere all at once. Funny funny thing was coming to my head as we were you know getting ready to to record this. Made me think about uh how months ago we recorded Swiss Army Man, the precursor to this movie. Mhm. And I'm pretty sure it was like the third thing a third episode we ever recorded, but we never ended up posting it because we were just like, once we got rolling, just like things were happening. We're just like, we don't know what is the, what's yeah. the, the, the kickoff to, oh, let's post this. It's also kind of an obscure choice of a movie. Very. So yeah, wouldn't it, it would have been a really crazy first episode if we would have just like come out the gate with Swiss Army Man. It's funny though. I remember when we recorded that, you had just seen everything everywhere all at once mm -hmm. and i told you, you have to see this movie and on that episode we talked i was asking you a lot of questions about like was did swiss army man walk so that everything everywhere all at once could run and you were like yes yes and now we're here we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about it and do you agree uh yeah yeah for sure right they're only getting better, and it's like just incredible how talented these guys are. The Daniels, we love them. I could talk about them all day. They and really this are. movie is just, it's perfection. I think it's going to win Best Picture, and if it doesn't, then something is wrong with the world. Then we will riot.
This is what we need, I think, to bring us all together. It's the perfect movie. It really is. This movie has to win. Uh, Michelle Yeoh has to win Best Actress. I mean, I need to see the other movies, but like, she's so good in this movie. I know. She's incredible. I really want her to win, too. She's going up against Kate Blanchett, though, and I know she's always great, but she's won a few times. Like, let's let her have a break. Let's let's give Michelle Yeoh hers. She deserves right. it. We're going to have a whole whole talk on Michelle Yeoh. Um, side note, if uh, if you guys want us to drop the Swiss Army Man episode, maybe just let us know. You know, it's just sitting in the vault. <laughs> but anyway, so everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie came out this year, March 2022. Basic plot of it is an aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure in which she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she should have led. And that's it. But man, is there so much more. Yeah, I um, heard that like, you know, when a movie's like in production, they'll give it like a fake name and like a fake description sometimes to like keep secrets. Um, and this one was like, a woman does her taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And I was just like, I love it. It is pretty crazy when you think about the fact like that this movie takes place in some of the most boring places in the whole world, like a laundromat and a like a literally like the IRS building. Yeah, like 60% of this movie takes place in the IRS building. Yeah, but it's so colorful and bright and so much that it's just like it's it's really cool how like I just think the whole point of the movie is the beauty and the ordinary things and seeing the beauty in, in the world even mm -hmm. when it doesn't you know, it's hard to sometimes, but anyways, I just love it. Yeah, and I and I think this movie also is you know, it's it's a multiverse movie, but I think this is like the most viewer friendly multiverse thing I've ever seen. You know, like, yeah, e even if you've never heard of it before, like it, 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 you get the idea of it. Like the movie really explains it really well. Like the movie doesn't I don't feel like the movie really like hinges on the multiverse component of it. No, it like really like that's just kind of like a good representation of the character almost and like yeah. i love that that's like you know she's so distracted with everything that she could like it's like ADHD. travel to other universes that's exactly it and the like daniel kwan said that he diagnosed he was diagnosed with adhd after, like while writing this movie because he was like oh yeah let me do some research on that because i don't want to be offensive to people who have it if they're making their main character have adhd and then he was like holy shit i have adhd <laughs> And I was just like, I think that's amazing that this movie helped him like figure that out. And then I bet you for other people, it has helped as well. But as someone who lives with ADHD, I can just say my entire life for you could be called everything everywhere all at once. That's how my brain feels all the fucking time. So this movie really made me feel seen, even though I knew I had ADHD already. But it was still like, I think, a special experience as somebody who can like really relate to the main character. I feel like my brain is like a ping pong sometimes. It's just going all over the place. Yeah. As as a fellow person who was diagnosed well into my adulthood, mm -hmm. Same. Yeah, this movie has so much like stimulation that like I'm just hooked to it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's really. I feel like it, the if you have ADHD, you're just like, wow, oh my god, there's so much happening, and that's why I have to watch it so many times because there's there's so much cool shit going on that you might miss. But I do think it's just like it's very cool, like the whole 
the idea that like you're right it's not the multiverse that's like the main point of the story and you're excited about who we're gonna see from the other multi universes mm. and stuff or like what are they gonna look like like that's like really a side plot it's like a plot device in order for like to build the character development which is just really strange to use <laughs> multiversal stuff as a character development tool yeah. but it works the multiverse is the car the story is about the driver there you go that's beautiful. You know, but there's a lot of other multiverse movies and shows where, like, it, it hinges on the multiverse aspect of like, it. Like, that's the coolest part. That's the most exciting thing yeah. that you're looking forward to. And I'm, it, I'm assuming it's just Marvel movies, but I, I'd be curious. I'm sure there's other ones. I just can't think of them. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a couple. I got a list for you. Perfect. Um, but anyways, this movie, if you haven't seen it, you should go see it. Uh, it was a huge hit. It was... Uh, the budget for this was like 25 million estimated. It did over 100 million worldwide. I'm pretty sure it's still the number one movie by A24. Mm -hmm. It like, beat Uncut Gems, which was all like I think that was the number one. Yeah. Before that, so it's incredible and it deserves it. It's the little indie that could, and it like saved movie theaters. I think it's got a great story behind it because it was like kind of an old school thing where like word of mouth got around and then people started to go see go see it and typically nowadays that's only been happening for like horror movies mm -hmm. so for it to happen with this crazy weird ass movie is awesome and i will say the theater experience seeing this was um like my favorite it was a packed theater like it had been out for at least a month when i saw it and everyone was just like laughing their ass off and like and like also like crying like i mean you just it was a really fun time. Uh, it was great. And uh, yeah, now that it's on streaming, more people will definitely see it. But definitely. This is fun to watch with like a group of people, I bet. Yeah, I wish I would have saw it in theaters. But it's still amazing at home. I cried last night watching it. <laughs> I cry every time, like multiple times. I swear to God, this movie is just like... The thing about the Daniels is that they make the weirdest shit really emotional. Yeah. Like, I never thought I would ever be like sad about or like happy tears at a fart until i saw swiss army man and yeah. at the ending when that fart i was like that's beautiful i can't believe they fucking did it they made me think a fart was beautiful and then but... they did it again in this movie but we'll we'll get there yeah so there's a lot to go through <laughs> so all right so let's talk about some multiverse stuff so similar to like when we did uh palm springs you know of i love little niches of like stuck in a time loop that's different than time travel movies like multiverse is really fun so real quick multiverse is not the same as multi-dimensional so like stranger things is not a multiverse story it's a different dimension it's not a different version of what's the difference between a dimension and a universe so in stranger things for example when they go to the upside down there's not other versions of them there Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's like still in the same universe. I gotcha. Okay, yep. maybe I just sounded really dumb, but I, ju <laughs> I, I just bring it up because like I I googled some some stuff and like I was getting some of those. I'm like, that's not multiverse. So yeah, everything that that's on here is essentially there is other versions of yourself. So like time travel doesn't count because it's still the same version, but. So, I mean, first off, to kind of have time travel and multiverse, Loki, that 
is a time travel thing, but there's definitely different dimensions because, you know, there's all the different versions of Loki. There's like the alligator version and kid version and female version. Like that's dimension, like that's multiverse. Yeah, that's the, so there's a lot of different universes because all of those different versions of him, but like, that's why the TVA is like outside of all the universes, which like, what the fuck? Where is that? I do like that. That's a good distinction. I think that's hard for people to kind of get through in their heads. And for me, I definitely feel like you just explained it way better than anyone else has ever tried. So, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm, I just need, I'm like Michael Scott. Tell, explain it to me like I'm fought. So the, 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 the king of, of multiverse stuff is Rick and Morty. So like, if you ever watch Rick and Morty, like they, they, they do multiverse the best. There's, there's no limits. And really Rick and Morty's the best on TV. Family guy also has done it a couple of times and it's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Um, but then everything everywhere also they're the best in a movie because like Rick and 100%. Morty, they get weird stuff. Like you go into this verse and like everyone is a, is a marshmallow and I don't know, things like yeah. that and everything everywhere. They have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. The other ones don't really do it so much. They're a little bit more serious, but like, you know, there's obviously the, the Dr. Strange multiverse of madness that came out this year and, I have some stuff that I want to say about that. In a this minute. movie could have been called the multiverse of madness. This was actually a multiverse. It of madness. really was. It's insane how like the budget had must have been so much higher for Marvel. And they had that one shot of him in America Chavez, like, like floating in yeah. total CGI through like all these different dimensions. That was it. And seconds. then, and then we got one that was basically the same, but it had pizza balls. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I thought this was the multiverse movie that was going to be insane. And it was just going to be like all these different universes that we see. We saw one. We saw a split <laughs> second of other ones. I just don't get it. But yeah, it's weird that that one's not even that great of a multiverse movie with the title. Yeah, it it was a real bummer because like that movie, essentially, that's a movie that like the example that I was saying, like it hinges on the multiverse thing. Like it hinges on, oh, he's seeing other versions of himself. He's interacting with other versions of himself. And like we finally got John Krasinski as the Fantastic Four guy. Yeah. And and so like, you know, it's a fun movie. But like after I saw this, you know, a couple months later, I'm like, I don't ever want to talk about Doctor Strange ever again. Like this is the multiverse movie. I know. I saw well, I saw this before Doctor Strange. So I was already out on it before <laughs> I even saw it. I was like, there's no way it's gonna be better than this shit. And the fact that these are like there's literally a team of like nine people total that work on the visual effects with like a core team of five, including the directors. They have no professional training. I just think that's crazy. How, <laughs> and how does it look so good? Like they better win best editing at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would love for them to get a ton of awards because this movie is like wild and crazy as it is. It's like really well-crafted. And then uh, the other two ones are actually both spider-man movies spider-man no way home which that is a really good really good uh, multiverse thing it's it's really the different versions of themselves talking rather than traveling but like that was really good seeing all those guys oh that was the most like positive feeling i've ever had in a movie theater until i saw this movie i would say but before that i was just i was ecstatic from frame one to the to the end of the final uh, credit scene yeah so good. And then uh, and then the other one is Into the Spider-Verse, which is amazing. Yeah, that one's like number two compared to for I would say Everything Everywhere is number one. But that one's definitely second best. Yeah. But No Way Home, the the whole all the moments with all three of those guys are just great. It's perfection. 
the last one uh, is really just a shout out because I watched it a ton as a kid. It's Jet Li's movie, The One. I've never heard of this. I grew up watching Jackie Chan movies and Jet Li movies all the time. And so The One, it's actually a pretty good premise. There's a, a, jet, a version of Jet Li who is traveling to the different dimensions and he is killing the other versions of himself. And every Ooh. time you kill one of the versions of yourself, the, the power gets distributed to the remaining ones. So, so it's kind of like powerful. Highlander. So it's like if you can be the only one in the entire multiverse, then you are like a god, essentially. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So then there's like this evil Jet Li, and then there's a good Jet Li that's getting real strong, and he doesn't know why. And then uh, time or interdimensional cop Jason Statham tells him what's up. <laughs> interdimensional cop. I love it. But yeah, it's a good Kung Fu movie. It's a good Kung Fu sci-fi movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Also, uh, Ki Hui Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. He was the production assistant and assistant action choreographer for that movie. Yep. Back in the day. So that, that's that's like what he was doing in between Goonies and this. From yeah. In the movie world, he was just action coordinator. Because he was trying to act, but he couldn't get a fucking acting job. It's so sad. But because obviously, like, just from this movie, you're like, we've been missing out on this fucking talent for so long because, you know, as a kid, yeah, in the 80s, he was cast as like an Asian stereotype, right? And it was like mm -hmm. a lot of the time in those movies, like used for jokes or like to laugh at. And it was very similar to like, uh, I forget his name, but the actor in 16 Candles, who plays like the foreign exchange student who lives with the grandparents mm. and He's like very much like, oh, yeah, but it's like so those two actors ended up getting like basically no one wanted to hire them, whether they were like Asian, like uh, produced movies or not, because it was just like, oh, they were associated with that even when they were young and that that would be like a whole thing because it's like, oh, it looks bad. But it's like it's not like they fucking wanted to do that. I mean, they just did it because they were lit like young. Right. Yeah. It seems weird. But but I, I will say you also I, I'm surprised you missed one for the multiverse movies. Oh, you have me. another one. Uh, happy death day to you. Cause the second one is not just time travel. She goes to different universes, right? That's right. Okay. So I remember, I remember happy death day. I've seen that one more than I've seen the second one. And I, for you're right. There's a there's yep. totally a, a, an alternate. Yeah. I was not expecting that when I watched that movie and I ended up, I was like, not sure how great the second one would be, but I loved it. <laughs> um, and then also I was going to say, I just saw this was, this, um, I think it's VHS viral the third one which everyone says is the worst but i watched it the other day i can con confirm it is the worst however there's one uh there's one segment and it's mult about the multiverse and it's this mm. guy in um spain or like something like or maybe it was i forget where it was but um somewhere in south america and he's like putting like turning on this like basically this big like machine this like looks like a teleporter kind of thing like the fly but mm. then it's like it opens and it's like a perfect reflection of where he is and like another version of him and everything looks the same, but just like reflected opposite. And so they like both agree to like they have their cameras and they go to like, OK, I'll give you 15 minutes in my side and 15 minutes and and they switch. And they're mm. like, I just want to go explore and like videotape another dimension, like another universe. And uh, one of the guys ends up with a pretty shitty deal because people are pretty fucking weird in the other universe. And let's just <laughs> say that there's some monstrous genitalia that uh that emerges that i did not see coming so <laughs> you never i just think like this movie made multi like 
everything everywhere makes multiverse jump and look hella fun and cool. But I feel like in reality, it would be a horror movie. Honestly, <laughs> I, I would not want to know. Like if anyone's got a like a fucking dick with a mouth and like sharp teeth. Fuck that. <laughs> not into it. Well, I know I know there's other ones. And I just listed the ones that I've seen. But speaking of jumping. The the directors and how they approach inter or multiversal travel is so creative, so unique, so funny. Like I was texting you when I was watching, I was like, this movie just like does not have any restrictions. It has no limits. Like there's, they do all these non-traditional things. And so like, first off, I love that they, they don't do the multiverse thing where they're like, what if one version of yourself met another version of yourself? Yeah. Like, I love that they just didn't do that. Instead, they're like, you can essentially tap into their memories, their skills, their abilities, and borrow them. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It it takes out all the, oh, we got to do CGI. And like, Mm -hmm. you, oh, you're a weird version of me. And the jumping part is so funny. It is. And I love how the, like, they film a lot of that stuff practically and then, like, like with the frame fuck with the frame rate and shit to yeah. like make it look really cool and then they like obviously add in all the visual effects of the other universes but like especially that scene where she's like in the chair and getting like pushed back like yeah. it's like really cool she like acted in slow-mo and they just like did it normal yeah and then like adjusted the frame rate and i'm like that's so cool like i love the fact that they're like they're very innovative and trying really cool new shit and just like like there's just like I said, it's so well done, even though some of the shit that you're seeing is so like bizarre and weird that you're like, what the fuck? But it's all like I feel like it's just it's incredible. It's a weird combination, but it works. They they pull it off. It's definitely one of the goofiest movies I've ever seen. And and that's that's part of why I love it so much. It's it's like Swiss Army Man. Like, how did you guys pull this off? Yeah. There's no way that it, it should work, but it's like then so to go back to what you were saying about like how they make it so much easier to understand and like the whole the unique way that they show it it's also just very visual so i feel like it's it's easier to process but what's interesting about it is that like the way that the reason that they can really explain it in like kind of really easy to understand terms is because you would expect like from a movie with this plot that like the daughter uh joy would be the main mm-hmm. character who's like traveling and while her character obviously does travel all the universes it's like the main character is like the mom. So it's like she doesn't understand any like she doesn't watch a Marvel movie. She would have no idea what the fucking multiverse is and all this shit. And so oh, yeah, I love that. That's like a huge part of it that like she's the one getting shoved into this crazy thing and like not knowing what to do and figuring it out. So it does help make it a little easier to process because they have to like explain it for her because like she also wouldn't understand. Yeah. That's one of the things that came to my mind like the first time I saw it. I was just like this movie in almost any other hands, like if this was just like another studio movie or something like the obvious choice is to make the main character, the younger person. And that's an easy, I mean, it's probably going to be an easier story the way that they tell it, if that's the case. But the fact that they make the older person, they make the mom, they, they choose a, you know, a middle-aged woman to be, the lead of a movie is incredible. Like that is the boldest choice ever in Hollywood, like by a lot of standards to make a, a middle-aged minority woman, the lead in this crazy sci-fi 
you know, story. It's it's wild. And then what you were saying about like, yeah, making her the the mom the lead and like the mom doesn't understand this stuff or would never understand. I found myself laughing the whole movie because like or Evelyn, she is essentially the avatar of any person who doesn't know what the multiverse is. Like she's asking questions the entire time and she like tries to understand it and she fucks up Jobu Tupaki the whole time, like Chewbacca or something. And she's like, Djibouti, yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't know anything. And she's like trying to explain it really terribly, but it's like funny. And you're like, it does. It's like, okay, cool. Now we're with her. What's interesting is that the Daniels have said that this movie is a lot about like their relationship with their parents and kind of reflecting on that where like, their parents have to live with the fact that they create these movies. Like they, they were like their kids made the farting corpse movie. (laughs) Like that's what our parents have to live with knowing, you know? And it's like, it's like this whole thing of like the parents, not kind of this generational divide. And then like trauma too, like from the grandpa to the mom, to her daughter. Now she's doing the same thing. And so they explore a lot of that stuff, but it's also kind of a like, you know, sometimes it's it's okay to be like this and be silly and like whatever, because I'm actually like still a fighter like you, which mm-hmm. is kind of the whole point of the movie. I'm just as strong as you are, but I just choose to to fight in a different way, which is yeah. just really cool. And I think it's that's why it's a movie that relates to everybody is because like whether you're old, young, whatever, like you you would be like represented in this movie mm-hmm. and be able to relate and let alone just like enjoy, I think a family dynamic. It's a it's a weird family movie, but it is a family movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's literally a scene with these guys trying to jump onto a fucking dildo and <laughs> shove it as far up their ass as they can. <laughs> but this is legit a family movie, wouldn't you say? <laughs> oh, totally. And there's so much attention to detail in the family aspect of it. Like, not only is there different generations and differences there, but there's also just like different generational differences from from an immigrant standpoint you know like joy doesn't really speak she speaks primarily english and so then evelyn speaks to joy in mandarin but evelyn speaks to her dad in cantonese and then joy like doesn't know cantonese at all and so there there's like all of these just different things it's like there's so much attention to that and i I, I think it. that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it just reinforces the idea that like there's problems with the communication that it's hard to relate to people and like understand them when you don't speak mm-hmm. the same language, like metaphorically and literally. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just think this movie is just like, like the whole point of it, right. It's just like being a pot, like seeing the positive in the world, even when like you could be super negative and is, and also like everybody feels overwhelmed, right? Like there mm-hmm. is, we're all always going to feel that way. And especially I feel like, you know, they said that a lot of their feelings like during COVID became like a huge thing with this, like expressing like, you know, everyone's been feeling all this angst and like overwhelming anxiety that it was like, you know, it's easy to feel like there's nothing matters, but it's like, even if nothing matters, like we can still like enjoy things and like, you know, come at it a different way. It's pretty cool. It's like the opposite of don't look up where it's like, don't look up. It's like, we're all fucked and we're all going to die. And like, I guess we're going down with the ship. And then this is like, you know what? We might all fucking die. But I think like, I'm going to choose to put the googly eyes on and focus on that. It's a good parallel. Yeah. Like don't look up is the nihilism anthem. And this is the anti nihilism 
Anthem. And I love both of them. I love both movies because probably because as like I'm I feel everything everywhere all at once. So I can relate (laughs) to all these movies in different ways. And that's it's it's just a movie that makes you like leave feeling different. And I feel like I I just felt changed after I saw it the first time, especially being like the first thing I ever saw from the Daniels. I was just like, wow, (laughs) there was not one but two fights with dildos. (laughs) I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is is amazing. And this movie's going to be nominated for best picture. Probably I'm I'm dying. That's just the coolest thing ever. I hope that scene is there. Is there Oscar real? I mean, right. I don't know. They've, there's so many, but oh my god! If, as soon as as soon as they put anything with Waymond, he's my favorite character in this movie because he's like, he's like supporting, but he's really like the the whole. Like, he's the heart. He's yeah. the heart of the movie, and he gets me. There's so many good options for his reel. I hope he wins too. Well, we're we're gonna get to Waymond, but uh, speaking of fun and enjoyable, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some of the triggers. Ah, yes. That create the the multiversal stuff. So if you're still listening to this and you don't know what we're talking about, long story short. If you're still short, listening, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> if if, if, I'm saying if, if, they're still, still if they're still listening and they haven't seen the movie. Okay. The way that they jump to other universes to get the memories and skills is they have to do something very weird and random in order to create the link. I think she needs to do something weird again. What's he doing? <laughs> Oh my God, he's trying to stick it in his butt. So, like the example, the first one is uh, Wayman. He swallows a whole tube of chaps. Yeah, choose it. <laughs> yeah. Which was actually chocolate, I read. Yeah, the, the prop for it was. It looked like fucking chapstick. It yeah, did. it really did. He eats the chapstick. The first one is pretty easy. It's like, oh, switch your shoes to the wrong feet. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I can handle that. Like that's that's no big deal. Yeah, and that's Evelyn. That's the easy yeah. one. She doesn't know what she's doing, so yeah. she did that, and then yeah. Thank God she didn't pull one of the other ones because like there's so many good ones. But yeah, go ahead, tell us some more. So then there's also um, chewing some gum that was underneath a desk. He did that to get his acting skills, and uh, then Deirdre she stapled a post-it note to her head mm-hmm. and got those wrestling skills. The worst one, oh. Wayman having to paper cut himself in between his fingers. Mm-hmm. That literally made me nauseous <laughs> when I watched it. I wanted to throw up. I think that they do the same thing, like, but for real on Jackass, one of the movies. Oh, yeah. I and remember that literally that. made me puke. I could not <laughs> watch that. I don't know what it is, but it was like, that's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. I really hated that. And like the the sound effect, I was like, "There's no way that oh. did somebody fucking paper cut themselves to get that goddamn sound that, that effect." That was some ASMR stuff. Like, yeah, that it was, was. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, but I loved that they were like, "Oh well, um, you could." They were like, "The only other two are break your own arm and or take a nap." Oh no, that was another one. So that that's the next too. one. Is uh, Evelyn had to had to get her kung fu skills, and so yeah, she had to profess her love to Deirdre, who's yeah. trying to kill her, mm-hmm. and they're like. The other options are break your own arm or take a nap. Like, You're not <laughs> tired, are you? <laughs> and I was like, break your own arm. But I love that. And then I, I think, uh, I don't know if you already mentioned that Deirdre is Jamie Lee Curtis. But Oh, I did not. Shout yeah. out to Jamie Lee Curtis. She looks like so ridiculous in this movie with that wig. But she's so fucking funny. She's, she's great. so good. And you know, she calls them the Wangs. And she's like, Mrs. Wang. 
when really their names, it's spelled W-A-N-G, but it's pronounced Wong. Uh. And so she calls them Wang the entire time without ever like, you know, realizing it. She does it so much over and over. It's just like, yeah, she doesn't get it. Oh, the the communication divide again. But also, yeah, she's hilarious. Then uh, Evelyn pisses herself when she first meets Joe Butapaki and gets the hot dog fingers. What did she jump? She's off the damn mat. She appears to be in a universe where everyone has hot dogs instead of fingers. Uh, disco dancing. Uh, then she rubs hand sanitizer in her eyes. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, wow. That was a lot. I did not like that. Uh, she puts her finger in her dad's nose and then puts her finger in her dad's mouth, makes him eat his own boogers. So then you get a whole scene of all of these henchmen that they need to access their fighting skills. And so you have this one, like, eight-second scene of, like, eight people all doing the weirdest shit you've ever seen. So one person pulls their own hair out. Another person sings Ame Maria. Uh, Another person's just dancing. Uh, another person's humping a lamp aggressively, I might add. I said fucking it. I thought <laughs> that they were fucking the lamp. I didn't. I could, Their pants were down, right? Or no? I couldn't tell. But it, it looked like he was getting into it. Maybe that's how he takes his pants off for the, the upcoming scene. Yeah. Then another guy uh, is electrocuting himself, just shoves his finger up an electrical socket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another person's licking a wall. Then there's also someone just wrapping their head in tape and then someone photocopying their butt. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Scanning the ass. Seconds. You just like, what? I had to like pause it and rewatch it three times just to get it all. It's so good. This movie, like, again, it's just goofy ass shit that just like is hilarious. It's crazy that a movie with all these hilarious things can be like yet just so fucking deep and like really like the full spectrum of like I'm crying laughing but then now I'm like legit like sobbing because I'm like it's just so beautiful yeah and then then Evelyn makes herself sneeze with uh with a kink feather yeah gross. they find the dungeon uh, then she swallows a frog like toy paperweight thing to get her sign spinning skills which I think is my favorite like favorite fight is that part of it's like this is awesome uh, then she chugs a two liter of orange soda to get her bun- Benihana skills. And then we get to the race for the butt plug. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell what's worse. The paper cuts between the fingers or the guys literally like jumping in the air with their asses like open, ready to land on that fucking the dildo. The first time seeing that, just the slow-mo of the guy jumping, I laughed so hard i (laughs) and he's like blurred too yeah they're like they're trying to sit on it it comes out of nowhere he comes like over the cubicle launched already like he shot out of a cannon and it's all blurred (laughs) on his ass and you could just like i was re-watching it and i was just like man if that was not blurred that would be the most disgusting (laughs) shot in the whole fucking history of cinema it was so funny though, and then he like sits on it, and it's like then he turns his head and just <laughs> now he's got powers. But I was like, good <laughs> god, that guy's not gonna shit right for like a month after that. <laughs> That's like that is a moment that like I will remember the rest of my life. It's like the fir- first time watching this movie, and that happens. It's <laughs> just wow. The whole theater was just cracking up because we were just like everyone like it was like you didn't know what to do because you're just like i can't believe i'm seeing this right now this is amazing 
it was so great it was like oh my god i love this fucking movie well and then on top of that um the two guys that are trying to get the butt plugs uh, in the credits they are listed as alpha jumper uh trophy alpha jumper bigger trophy <laughs> yeah the second guy comes in with the giant i mean it's like it's it's so big and it's so long and it's like hanging all the way out of his ass. And that just reminded me of on Swiss Army Man. Well, that's the only film in history that has a credit for a fartist. <laughs> These guys. These guys are just trying to get the weirdest things into like cinema and like, in, I mean, it's great. They're doing it like again. I think after this one, there's only is there only one more? And I think it's snorting the fly, isn't it? Yes. That one I hated. Oh, no, no, no. There's. So there's the first butt plug, and then there's she blows on the guy's nose to make him like scream. Yeah, that <laughs> was good. Uh, Evelyn, do jumping jacks. That's not weird at all. Um, Slap him. No, 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 no. Mom, just blow on his nose. What? It'll make him involuntarily scream and do that noise. Evelyn. It's really weird. Though so his commentary in this movie, every time you like, if you have the captions on. It's pretty great because you catch a lot of the stuff that he says when he's like in the background of something. And it's like he's just he makes me laugh and he makes me cry. He's just so beautiful. I love him. Oh, yeah. And speaking of captions, this movie, I mean, shout out to to Showtime and their their captions, because this movie, people switch languages mid sentence. And so yeah. it, it has the captions for the non-English parts and then it, it puts the stuff up for everything else. I'm like, oh, you guys weren't just on top of each other. That was pretty good. Like, this would be hard to watch with, like, a bad... I bought it on Prime, and that's the same thing. And I was like, fuck. Now I can't watch it with captions, and I fucking love... I need the captions. I don't know what it is with Prime, but, like, whenever I try to watch a Shutter movie, I can't do it because the captions are ahead of the audio, and so it gives away the, the jumps yeah, and I've, stuff. Yeah, I've noticed that, too. And it's, like, that's the one thing is, I like, it's just two things that don't go together. Like... I love watching movies with captions, but they ruin horror movies all the time because it's like creature screeches. And I'm like, oh, well, now I know it's coming <laughs> yeah. before it even happens. I'm like, this takes all this fucking stress out of it. But yeah. So then the then the last the last one is uh, she snorts a fly and gets her Hulk, her Hulk pinkies. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. She beats the shit out of people with her pinkies. <laughs> the snorting the fly was really bothersome. I was just like, Ugh. like I hated that. <laughs> But it was pretty funny. It's so funny. There's there's so much creativity with this whole movie. With everything in the movie, even the fight scenes. And the cool thing is like, man, I, you'll never see this in a Marvel movie. Their action scenes are so much more boring. It's just all CGI. Like, Yeah. And I'm like, I love the, the practical fights and the fact that like every fight is different. Yeah. And it's a different type of fighting, too. But I was actually you mentioned that you think that your favorite is the one where she has like the sign, yeah. the sign uh, twirler skills. I was going to ask you, like, what's the best fight scene? Because I said dildos one, dildos <laughs> two, or the fanny pack. Because I personally like the fanny pack. I think that's my favorite. Okay, sir. That's enough. I, I love the sign spinning thing. That's like my favorite just because of the creativity of it. It's very creative and cool. But like what I think is the best, it has to be Fanny Pack. It has to be Fanny Pack because it's the first one. Yeah, it, 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 it comes out of nowhere. So this is a good transition 
for another thing about this movie that's just like they have no restrictions, no limits. They do what they want is the casting. And so, I mean, the fanny pack fight in Kihi Kwan, unbelievable. That's the most Jackie Chan fight I've seen since Jackie Chan. And I've seen like all the Jackie Chan movies. And I was so into that fight because I'm just like, this is incredible. And you can see it's him for like all of it too. He literally said... Well, so him and Michelle Yeoh also, they both did their own stunts for this movie. Mm -hmm. And he said there's only two shots in the movie that aren't him, which is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously he's like super, he's been doing this for a long time, but he like trained a lot for this and like did, learned all these new different kinds of fighting. And I thought that that was really cool. Like it was like a different, like, I forget what kind of thing, but it was like with a rope is how he did the fanny pack one. Cause it's like very similar to using a rope as a like weapon. I'm not sure what exactly a, a rope weapon would be but so it reminds me of jackie chan in like um in like shanghai noon when he ties a rope to the horseshoe ah uh, yeah yeah there you go yeah it's just wild and yeah the, the way that they do the camera and like they keep it all so focused on the action it's all practical there's also that one scene of when he's like rolling the fanny pack across the ground and it looks like they just strapped a gopro to it yeah <laughs> just, like, it's so it's, cool like, like they didn't overuse it. They did it once. It was like, oh, that's that's cool. There's so many shots like that where it's like just a really unique, really cool thing. But it's like they just do it and then they move on. And you're like, oh, like they're not doing it too much. They're not trying too hard. It was like there's one, two where like Evelyn is standing and like Jamie Lee Curtis is telling her to sit down. And like yeah. it's from her point of view and the camera like sits down. And I just was like, I love that. And then it's like it's gone. And then you're on to the next thing because this movie really is everything everywhere all at once. They also do my favorite thing in fights like this where obviously the bad guys are overmatched like he, he's just beating the shit out of him but they do my favorite thing where he stops and then he he turns it up a notch when he puts the rocks in it i was like oh let's <laughs> do this <laughs> i was so i was so there and then so it's funny actually i was just talking about this with my boyfriend nolan last night and he was saying that like you know what he thought was cool about like this is why his favorite is the the fanny pack fight scene is because he's like the first time that you're watching it like if you don't notice in the video like sore footage of like the laundromat in the background you can see like when yeah. he, alpha waymond takes his body and like jumps up on top of things and like looks like a fucking spy running all over the place and you're like what the fuck like but if you don't catch that it's like you you're not expecting him to be that agile and like yeah. crazy right and then he even like when he comes in the elevator as him it's like he's just talking to her so mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't know and so what he was saying is that like for him the first time he like had no idea where this was coming from he had no idea what to expect and this was definitely not it but he loved yeah. it yeah. And I was like that's a good point I personally noticed that because I was like it made me laugh so fucking hard the first time I saw it with him in the background mm -hmm. like jumping around the washing machines so good but that's what's cool about it yeah like him him this being his first acting since being a kid like what a bold move to to just bring back a guy who you know technically you know you would say like isn't isn't experienced or anything he was incredible in this movie and like incredible. how he and how he you know had like three different personas like he was he was great i know you're all fighting because you're scared and confused i'm confused too all day 
what the heck is going on? Also, uh, Stephanie Shu. Love her. I have only seen her in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, which I love that show, and, I, and she is just wonderful in it. Oh, wow. I was not expecting that, that you would... You like The Marvelous Miss Maisel? It's so good. Oh, my God, Jace. Right, you would like it. <laughs> I'm sure I would. I know it's like a, the same woman who did Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah, but it, it's not It's not Gilmore Girls. There's There's some stuff similar, but like... I've seen Gilmore Girls, and you loved Gilmore Girls, so you would love it. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it's like Gilmore Girls, I would love it. But I'll watch it. It's it's great. It's my favorite thing from from Prime. Um, but she is really good in that. And so seeing her in this, in Maisel, she she's playing you know a grown woman. And in this, when I watch it, I didn't know she was in it. I'm like, is that the is that the girl from Maisel? Like. She looks like a kid in this movie, in this movie. Like, wow. And she's, and she's amazing. Also, I think she's maybe the best villain. Of all time. Yeah, like, she's better than any, any comic book villain. She's, she's incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Her, her intro scene mm-hmm. is, like, she's one of the best things ever. Like, when she gets shot, and then she's like, Don't, don't worry, Evelyn, it's organic <laughs> <laughs> like licks it like it's fucking ketchup it's so good like just her whole that whole first fight scene with her where you see like holy shit like she's turning guys into confetti and then like turning their guns into giant dildos and smacking them like i mean it's just crazy she does it's the incredible. wrestler slam yeah the luchador slam <laughs> i love all of the different outfits that she has and i think her style in this movie is impeccable i i'm not a i'm not a man of fashion but God damn it. Do I respect her style of this? She's gorgeous. But yeah, no, I think she's incredible. I think like just this whole family dynamic feels so real and it's it's really good. Yeah. I feel like they lived together for like six months before they made this movie or something. Cause like how the fuck are they? It's just amazing. Well, and the fact that like, you know, she she's like most of the especially the the last half she is going like toe to toe with Michelle. Yo. And she's going and like, it's incredible. Like she's, she's our age. She's like 32. I know. I haven't done anything with my life. <laughs> I'm about to be older than her this month. So fuck. <laughs> um, thanks, Jace. To be fair, she's really wise in this movie too. Like, Cause you see, when you really put everything on a bagel, it becomes this. What is the truth? Nothing matters. I think she's amazing. Like, we're all small and stupid and just be a rock. I'm like, yes, I get it. I think if I were Evelyn, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's fucking make the bagel. Like, the bagel with everything on it. It's like, it's great. I, I love, too, that, like, she's not really trying to kill her. She's looking for her to, like, help her, basically, because mm-hmm. it's it's her daughter from another universe, but like her mind is fractured. So she lives everywhere, everywhere or everything, everywhere all at once. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was such a, like a brilliant twist. And I think we can get to that in the, in the next part, but yeah, yeah she, she's incredible in this movie. And also like, this is her first like real like movie. So it's like, again, another incredibly bold choice. Uh, also Jamie Lee Curtis. I think this is my favorite role of hers. Me, yeah. It's great. The fact that they they cast her as like this this movie really only has like five characters in it. 
Yeah. But she's like one of them. She's in all the different universes a lot. But like, yeah, it's really weird to like have Jamie Lee Curtis as like the most famous person in this movie. But like she's not in like she's in maybe like what, 50, 60 percent of the movie. Yeah. In, in different ways. She's the one that definitely plays the most different versions of herself. The hot dog fingers is my least favorite. <laughs> and the way that they like use their feet when she's like playing the piano. <laughs> And like I noticed that her like the fingernails on her hot dog fingers were painted red and they looked so horrible. And I was just like, that really bothered me. <laughs> it's so weird. Sarah's like favorite part with the hot dog storyline is when they fight and then she 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 grabs her bag and hops out, but she grabs her bag with her feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this really intense moment in music, and it's just like she grabs the bag with her feet. <laughs> Sarah just loses her mind. I personally love the fact that like they showed like how that universe would have like even happened where it was like hot dog finger apes destroyed the like they kill the apes that have regular hands. I was just like, there's no way that would ever have their their fucking fingers are just flaw. Like, how do you think of this shit? It's so weird. (laughs) And that's why it's amazing. I love I love when when she does that and she's like, where did she go? And she's like, she's off the radar. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. I just love it. It's like, I don't know where they came. I mean, they must be high coming up with this shit, but it's great. It's so good. And the fact that like a movie with like, I mean, I think I say this about every weird thing in this movie, but like one of those would be weird enough. But the fact that this movie has like a hundred really weird things, like I feel like you kind of expect that from Swiss Army Man. Like before I even watched the movie, even though I had seen this, I still like I knew that movie is about a guy who befriends a corpse and the corpse does like is like a a Swiss army knife. Right. Mm -hmm. As a but with a dead body. So I knew it was going to be weird. Right. Like I didn't expect it to be that weird and heartwarming. But like I knew it. Whereas this movie, like it looks weird, kind of. But you're also like, it's just going to be fun. And then you're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, I think you're just saying that every five minutes. There's no way that all of this would fit in one movie, but it all like works really well, including Rakakuni, which Rakakuni. I am obsessed with Rakakuni. You are like puppets, you know, puppets. You can do things you normally cannot do. It's like that movie. Okay, what are you talking about? <laughs> Rakakuni. What? Uh-huh. Rakakuni. You know the one with the chef? And he makes bad food. Pui. And then this raccoon sit on his head, Ooh, control him, and then he cooks good food. Do you mean Ratatouille? Ratatouille? I like that movie. No, 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 no. Rakakuni. This is this is like a prime example of why this is so much better than Doctor Strange. Because they go to all these weird places. Like it's just them, you know, hopping consciousness or whatever. But like you're seeing all of these weird other places. You're not just like passing through. And it's like, oh, this is a weird thing. We're not going to stay here. Like they stay there, they leave, and then they come back. Like all of these weird things, they like actually flush them out as real places. Yes. Yeah, so like when you hit the emotional points at the end, they flash between all these universes yeah. and yet you actually care. Whereas like in Doctor Strange, spoiler alert, if you fucking care. But when they kill all of the what are the multiversal guardian Variants idiots called? Or what? No, no, that's like Loki. Oh, um, the the Illuminati. The Illuminati, those stupid idiots. Okay, they're supposed to be like the most powerful people in like every universe and they all just get wiped out by Wanda in like 30 seconds. Yeah. 
and they're introduced like what a minute before that you know you don't give a fuck about any of them i don't even care when john krasinski died i was like you guys are fucking morons but this movie i feel like i even cared about the idiots with the hot dog fingers i also this kind of reminds me just with that raccoonie I don't know if you noticed this, but like at one point, I think it's when he's like explaining the multiverse kind of um, mm-hmm. when Wayman's explaining it to Evelyn and he says the quote like, Your clothes never wear as well the next day. Your hair never falls in quite the same way. He said that like when he was just writing the script that that just came out and Daniel Kwan was like, I, I was like, I, I don't even remember what that's from, but I know I plagiarized it. I just can't remember. Like he just, yeah. But then they couldn't, they couldn't come up with anything better and they're like, fuck it. We'll just get the rights and yeah. like maybe we'll put the song in the in the movie. And the guy who's like the lead singer of the band, he gave them the rights, but then he recorded all these new versions for the movie. So I did not know this. Like you, I had to do some deep research. I've never heard of this. Yeah, this is brand new. I just found this out. I mean, not brand new, brand new to us idiots. Cause we, I don't deep dive on this shit, but it's insane. So he did an alternate version for Rakakuni and it's like playing in like the background of one of the scenes with, with the raccoon. And it was rewritten as this is the story of a chef. And <laughs> And then there's one for the BDSM guy who's got like his sex dungeon, you know, like in his oh, office yeah. and like who's obviously one of the directors. And uh, they did another version of his that plays. I think it's like a really brief, like one of the brief scenes with him. And it says, this is the story of a dom. And <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear that. <laughs> I'm obsessed that like, yeah, you have to really listen. Like I went back and I was like, now that I know this, when I've watched it last night, I heard it like few times you hear that this is the story and you hear she's like you're like i recognize that fucking voice and they also when they're in the rv and they talk about divorce there's like a ballad version that this guy did and it's like on the radio and i'm just like i can't believe that like this lead singer was like let me give you four new versions of the fucking song it's incredible and and just a cool fact that you know this is like some like really secret stanley kubrick shit (laughs) that's just makes the movie even better Oh, so but yeah, good. I think we should talk about the star now. So yeah, the star, and we've already sung her praises, but M- Michelle, Michelle Yeoh, she she's incredible in this, especially like you know in interviews of her talking, like she's like, yeah, I didn't, I don't know like this multiverse stuff. So I, when she was asking Waylon to like, you need to explain it more or explain it better she was like being honest and like, yeah exactly well it's it's true it's like you know i sometimes forget that like with movies like this when they're like a character like a, the actor playing them is like sounding like super smart and like they know everything about everything and they're like you know it's like it's amazing that the actor can just like learn all those fucking words and have no meaning behind it like none of that <laughs> makes and means anything to them they're just like memorizing the words but I do love it that like it just feels way more real. And also like does anybody fucking understand the multiverse because I still don't and I've like I've watched a good amount of shit and read stuff that is all about it and it's very confusing. But this movie I feel like all right, I think I could I think I can get it a little bit. But I still I'm sure there's stuff that's going over my head. Well yeah, like it uses the multiverse as a metaphor rather than like we need to explain the multiverse and it's yeah and she is so good especially how like she is 
you know, jumping through all these different versions of herself, but then like experiencing them as that version and her, her current version, who, who is the most unsuccessful version, which I thought was maybe one of my favorite twists I've ever seen is like, you can do this because you've never done anything. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then even she's like, wait, what? No, that was supposed to be motivational. Wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, hey, like, it's like you, you're the only one who can do this because like, you're so bad at everything. And it's like, well, that's what everybody wants to hear though. Right. I mean, I love it. It's like, it's like, it's offensive, but it's also like, maybe that's why I'm so bad at everything. Okay. I kind of love the opposite log logic of this movie where it is like that. We're like, the little it's very much like you know i love lord of the rings it's like the hobbits are the most important characters in that those books they're the littlest ones and the least expected for them to like you know mm -hmm. be the the hero and i think that's what's another great point of this is like i really think those stories are just wonderful and that's like i do feel like it's missing from a lot of like marvel stuff now mm -hmm. everyone's just like so cookie cutter like superhero whereas like this like she's like the the superhero that like is the opposite of what you would imagine mm. a superhero to be but yet she's like the most powerful thing in the universe by the end i mean yeah. that's just cool that's amazing there's none of that i mean i would i feel like i i heard a lot of people say give these guys a fucking marvel movie but i'm like i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't want to <laughs> see him toned down i'd be worried what do i you mean, think kevin feige would let any of this shit get into his movie i don't know now at this point, I think I would I would want them to do a DC movie because I think yeah, I, James I think, Gunn. I think James Gunn likes creativity. Uh, yeah, and they're like they're clean in house. They canceled like Wonder Woman and all that stuff. Now, like none of that's happening. They pushed Aquaman back by a year. Who knows what else is going down? But that's probably for the best. And if James Gunn can make more like Suicide Squad, like I feel like. This movie would fit way better in with that universe. Yeah. Well, I mean, they already did a better Doctor Strange movie than Doctor Strange did. So, but it is interesting to note, I will say, good for them. The Russo brothers are producers in this movie. Yeah. Seeing the Russo brothers at the at the end of this in the in the producers, I was like, oh, this there's a lot more elements of of community. Like when the Russo brothers, you know, they they wrote and directed community. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more of that than when they were at Marvel. So I bet the Russo brothers are like, oh, this feels so good. Probably. Yeah. They're like, this is amazing. And that's what I'm saying. I think that their movies are good, but it's like, I mean, even James Gunn, you like mentioned him. It's like, look at guardians of the galaxy. And then you look at the suicide squad. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, so we've got a censored James Gunn and then a totally uncensored James Gunn. Right. Yeah. Like that's the difference. And I'm way more on the side of like, give me the suicide squad all day yeah. and all I love guardians, but like, it's like a toned down version. And I just don't want anyone, any studio anywhere to ever tone down the Daniels. They're amazing. I don't think anyone can tone them down. They I mean, this right? movie alone is just like a big, like, try and tone us down. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, this is what we're coming out the gate with. I mean, granted, they came out the gate even weirder with Swiss Army Man. Like, that as a first movie is, like, just incredible. And then to follow it up with this, which, like, as weird as it is, it's like, it's it was very popular. It did very well. A lot of people like it, oh, yeah. which is crazy with two dildo fucking fight <laughs> scenes that it's like that could be best picture and everybody if, likes it. It's like, wow. Honestly, if the, the Daniels, they'll never leave a 24. They can't. Like a 24 funded 
both of the these movies. Like, why why would they ever leave? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You need to go somewhere where they're gonna let your freak flag fly. <laughs> I yeah. thought I was gonna fuck that up. That was a hard alliteration to say. <laughs> but yeah, I do want to just say though, like, and as much as like I love Kihi Kwan. I love Michelle Yeoh and I I mean I've loved her in everything. I think she's been around and been in so many different things, but this just feels like her moment to really just show us everything she can do, which is a lot. I mean it's it's literally everything everywhere all at once. It's incredible how many different things she has to do in this movie and that she does them all so well. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe there is something out there. Some new discovery. That will make us feel like even small pieces of shit. Something that explains why you still went looking for me through all of this noise. And why, no matter what, I still want to be here with you. So I went through her IMDb and this is one of the only, this is definitely the biggest one for sure. One of the only movies that she is the lead, like first listed person, American movies. She she's done a ton of stuff, yeah, in in, in Asia and in foreign films, and like is the lead in a bunch of those. This is like her first American film that like she's the headliner for. She's not the co-star. She's not the female interest. Like yeah, she is the boss. And this is she's been in. 58 movies and tv shows like wow. she's been she's been in cinema for almost 40 years those are like some sam jackson nicholas cage numbers it's crazy and to and to think that like this was this is her moment you know daniels they were just like will you please do this you know like it's wild and so there's this there's this video that you should watch uh, it's a GQ interview. It's one of those videos where she does all of her iconic characters, mm-hmm. Crouchy Tiger, all those. Um, but the last one, she talks about this role. And there's this one little sound bite that, like, it it's so sweet. It makes me almost want to cry. But she talks about when she got the script. She's like, I'm going to meet the Daniels because I, I have to see passion from them before they even do it. But I, I wrote down the quote just so I don't screw it up. It's so beautiful. She said, when I read the script, I thought, this is something I've been waiting for all along. Aww. She's like, she's been doing this for so long. She's like, this is the thing I've been waiting for to show my fans, to show my family, my audience, what I'm capable of to be funny, to be real, to be sad. Finally, somebody understood I could do all these things. I'm like, oh. Are you going to cry right oh, now? I might. It's so beautiful. Please oh, just God. give her the Oscar. Like, <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was just watching a, another video with her, um, but it was the Actors on Actors that Variety mm-hmm. releases the, around this time of year. It's people like usually in the running for the Oscars. And uh, the, they have they just released her, her conversation with Kate Blanchett, which is crazy. Yeah. They're both like the two front runners. And they were just both sitting there and she was saying how she wanted, like Michelle Yeoh was like, I wanted a career like yours. And I was, you know, jealous too. (laughs) But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I just feel like she has just the same amount of talent. If not like, like, I mean, Kate Blanchett is incredible and she, I'm sure she could do a fucking great job, but 
Michelle Yeoh is perfect for this movie. There's no recasting. You could never do it. Literally, all the main characters in this movie, if you changed one of them, it'd be just totally different. Mm -hmm. I do believe they also went to Jackie Chan originally. Well, I think I think that was their original idea. I don't know if they ever actually went to him, but when they were initially yeah. writing it, he was like going to be the lead character, and then they changed it to a woman. Yeah, they thought they thought that relationship would be a lot more compelling. And even if they did go the Jackie Chan route, I think that would be super interesting because mm -hmm. Jackie Chan is in a totally different phase of his career. Like yeah. they would pull a performance out of Jackie Chan that like we've never. Oh, I'm thought sure of. it would be incredible. But I'm but just, like they made the right choice. I'm biased because. I fucking just am obsessed. And Waymond is literally like as much as I love Evelyn, I just am obsessed with Waymond and he gets me every time. Like he's just, he's the real heart of the movie, but she also like just emotes so much motion. And like, I just, uh, she's so good. Well, and then they also, I think initially they were looking at Aquafina for, for joy. Yeah. And that's mm. a totally different movie. Like I yeah. don't, uh, Stephanie, she was so good in it. Literally, just the casting is on point, and yeah. I hope that all of them would be nominated for best performance in a movie ever <laughs> and win best movie ever made. Yeah, I think that they should all just be celebrated, and the fact that like a movie that's this non-traditional -tra should really be encouraged because people mm -hmm. always like, especially in the film industry, they're like, people never go see independent movies or anything that's not you know, a superhero movie. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like movies like this should be a fucking celebration. Like we should really like make a big deal of it because they don't come around all the time. And it's like, it's a special thing. You know, this movie proves that superhero movies or comic movies can be powerful and incredible. This came out within months of Dr. Strange. Yeah. And like Dr. Strange is just a multiverse story. This movie proves that those out there stories can be powerful. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it's just that, you know, I think because we've been so exposed to superhero stuff, it's just kind of more temp like a template. Mm -hmm. Like you basically know where things are going. Whereas this movie, you really don't know where it's going at, at any point. And I think that's the that is like, you know, one of the things is that like I just kept being like, I mean, from an early thing when I, I you see wild shit and you're like, OK, well, that's crazy. It can't get any crazier. And then it yeah. just keeps doing it. But then it all pulls it together with this really emotional ending and realizing that, yeah, like we were laughing the whole movie when they're fighting and like hitting each other. But then like when Wayman's crying at the end about how we all just need to be kind to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, they wrote this with a lot of the feeling of angst and like anxiety everyone's feeling about COVID. And it's like. This is like when we needed this movie the most. And that's yeah. one of the coolest things about it is that it literally came at just the right time. And I feel like it all gave us a little bit of hope back into humanity, even though, you know, obviously every day since then, I'm like, well, I don't know anymore. But I watched this movie and all of a sudden I'm like, there is some hope out there, man. Yeah. Fuck. You know, I want to put on some googly eyes. But then other days I'm like, where's that bagel? I'm ready <laughs> to fucking jump in. So I wanted to ask you. In the theater, what was the reaction to the fake ending? Like the credits roll. Yeah, that was a very weird experience. I remember being like, wait, what? And I, that's yeah. all I heard is like people like I just because everyone's like so close in there. It was a really small theater. Yeah. So it was like you could hear everyone. Everyone's just like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> and then we're just like and then like that, like it just kind of zooms out and you're yeah. like, what? 
it was so cool though like because then you're like okay now i figured it out again it, that's what i'm saying there's just so many weird things that you would never expect to happen it it's crazy that was the exact same experience we had watching from home we're like no fucking way and then I hit pause just so I could see how much love. Like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, you can't do that in the movie theater. Yeah. Like, I turned my phone off. What what time is it? Like, how far are we? Like, what? This yeah. cannot be. If this is the end of the movie, wow, I did not expect that. That's a dark ending because it ends when she's like at her low point. Yeah. Right? Well, she she dies. That's a low point, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie ends with, or the movie starts with part one. And then it's not until like an hour 20 that part two happens. And I had totally forgotten about yeah. the parts. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of Nope, how like it has these these parts that it lays out. Well, it's like a Tarantino thing, but like there's never yeah. been a movie, I feel like, with like an hour or so in between like chapters or whatever. And it's also like, it's just funny that it comes out of nowhere for like the second time. And then you're kind of almost like, oh my God, is there another like hour before the next one? Like I was kind of like, holy shit. It kind of just is like very weird. And then you're like, oh, okay. Because the everything part obviously would be the majority of the movie, right? Yeah. It's got to show you literally everything. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Plus there's like, I think there's only like 30-ish minutes left in the movie. So the last 30 minutes is just an emotional roller coaster. Like the first hour 20, you're having a good time. You're seeing Hilarious. all these weird things. You're seeing hot dog fingers and raccoonie and <laughs> all this shit. You're just like laughing like you're fucking ass off. You're seeing the dildos. I mean, yeah. there's just it's so funny for so long. And then also like action movie. Right. Yeah. So then it, it does a real shift when Evelyn just all of a sudden like pukes up whatever kind of fucking crazy liquid that was and then like pat like dies basically because it's like her brain has fully like i mean god can you only imagine the fucking headache you would have doing this i can't it, it hurts my brain she goes full jobu and jobu tupaki yeah she goes she gets shattered across all of herself and i mean that scene's really cool of just like her just like bouncing around but um yeah like the whole yeah the last part is it's real deep and it's really funny because like all these things you were laughing at in the first part now become very, very emotional. And so like the, the overall like theme of the, of this movie is just like, it's, it's nihilism. It's just like nothing matters. And especially when you're, you know, when your joys age, like you're in your early 20, like 18 to early twenties, like that's a weird part of your life where it's just like, what the, what the fuck are we doing? Like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? And then if you experience all of the versions of your life and it's just like, oh, none of the versions know what we're doing or where we're going. Great. This is mm -hmm. awesome. And I thought it was such a great twist that, yeah, she's not trying to, to kill Joy or to kill Evelyn. She's actually kind of trying to kill herself. We got your hopes up. So I'm here to save you some time. Eventually, that all just goes away. Yeah, but also she's like, I was kind of like when they're in, I mean, the, the fact that there's like a, a what, a five minute scene with no no dialogue at all with these two rocks talking. Okay, the rocks. Is incredible. And she says during that scene that like, you know, I was kind of hoping that you would show me that there was a different way or you'd see something yeah. that I had missed. But that's what's really cool about this movie is that nothing in the movie like by the end of it it's like okay so the the whole thing of like the villains technically or like the nihilistic thing is like okay nothing matters and then for like 
the good. It's not that they're like, no, you guys just didn't know this. This will solve all of our problems. It's like, yeah, nothing matters maybe, but let's like make something of it and like choose to like love each other rather than spread hate and like anger and negative negativity. You know, let's like, like that's the whole thing with Evelyn. She can't give up her daughter as much as like her daughter just wants to be like gone. And she, she tries to, but she's like, mm. I'm not like my dad. I can't just let, let my daughter go. Like, you know, there's something to the power of love over like, you know, being like, oh, this is the right decision because she's not like, you know, what I want in a, in a child or whatever his problem mm. is. Right. You know, so I think that that's what's really cool about the whole movie is basically that like there's no, no magic answer or anything to solve the problems it's like yeah that is the problem but you know what like like yeah like their minds don't recover at the end they're broken right they're still like she still exists in all universes at all times right mm -hmm. so it's like it's not like she solved it some with some magic stone or some shit like what happened in a marvel movie it's yeah. like no she's just gonna learn to live with it and yeah. i was like i was like like amazing because it's all in how you approach life and how you take things and Sure, we can be nihilistic at times, and it's okay to feel that way, but it's also okay to say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm still going to be happy. That's the power of the end of this movie is like they do such a good job of laying out Jobu's case and that nothing mm -hmm. matters. And they're like, they have that whole thing of like, the next big discovery is just we're is just going to remind us that we're all small and stupid. Exactly, and we're just even more small and stupid, and that literally nothing matters. Yeah, life sucks, and then you die, right? <laughs> yeah, my mom told me that my whole life, sarcastically. <laughs> my mom was not terrible, but yeah, it's kind of a true thing. <laughs> yeah, like you can definitely look at things that way, and it's that's like the tagline for this movie. But it's like also like who cares though? Like yeah, yeah you might life might not be glamorous and perfect it's like you might have a laundromat and have problems doing your taxes but it's like your life could still be beautiful and amazing but yeah like they they have that whole thing of you know, nothing matters and then you know you kind of are like understanding that and so then you're thinking oh man all this stuff with hot dogs and Rakakuni and all the—it's all—it's all meaningless like it's all stupid like why was i laughing at this it's just all kind of dumb and then, like, it has this big crescendo, and including the rocks, where we see all the things that that we were laughing at and that we thought they were stupid. Like, we see all of those things, and they matter to us. Like, they prove the message that they're trying to say of, like, even though the bigger things get, the less they seem like they actually matter— they do actually matter because they're all that we have. They're, they are what we love. They're the things we care about and things that we care about matter. So like the rock scene, we all cried at the rock scene. Rocks and subtitles, Always. they made us cry. That should be the Oscar for, for when they win Best Directors. It's still my wallpaper. It's like, <laughs> just be a rock. And I'm like, dude, I want to. Like I love how she's like, I just come out here sometimes. It's so nice. Everything feels so far away. And then she's like, I'm so sorry, Joy. I didn't mean to. And she's like, shh, shh, we're rocks. Be a rock. And I'm just like, yeah, that's like a life thing. Like, just be a rock sometimes. Just relax. And then when she's <laughs> like, I'm going to get you. I'm like, that's the cutest fucking subtitle I've ever read. And the <laughs> like, rock is like coming over, like slowly moving. It's so sweet. That's There's so many really good quotes in this movie. It's 
pretty nuts, but I think we can all agree on the best line of the movie. When Waymond says to her, in another life, I would have really liked just doing laundry and taxes with you. It's beautiful. That gets me every fucking time because it's like, I mean, when she sees that life where she's like a movie star and like an action star and she says like, I need to tell my husband about how great my life would have been if he had, if I had never met him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It's like, it was so amazing. I have to tell him because it's like, she just thinks that like, you know, it's like all in what you put the value in. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing is why he's the real heart of the movie. And I just felt like that line is like the most boring shit in the world can be the most amazing thing. If you are like with somebody that you love, I fight, but just with like, it's strategic and necessary to like, in order to survive. He says that too. It's like that yeah. whole speech at the end, that'll be the Oscar one. Yeah. That one's so good. Cause it's intercut with him actually crying saying like, let's just be nice to each other. And I'm like, anyone who fucking hurts this guy, I'm going to kill you. And then there's just, there's the ongoing thing of, of Wayland in his humanity and being kind. Like that's the reason that Deirdre keeps giving them extensions. And like the, uh, when, when, when she realizes that, like it's a really great moment of like a character not just being a a dumb idiot. Like there's a point to that character. There's a reason that he's so sweet and so like with the googly eyes. Like she's always like, "Oh, your father!" Like when he's like dancing with the guy by the washing yeah. machine, and she's like, "My silly husband." But it's like, it's like he knows. He knows. It's like he. I love that scene because it just really shows that like people might, you might think that they're like innocent and stupid, right? But it's mm-hmm. more like he's choosing to be like he's like you know, your dad would always say I'm too sweet for my own good, but it's like, you know, I feel like you have to put like, he's just putting more value in stock in that. He's very, he's as much aware and as nihilistic as you are, but like he's choosing to move forward in a positive to fight that. Yeah. To fight it with positivity rather than to fight it with more negativity. Right. Yeah. This movie just like really just made me feel really good about things. I felt like I come out of this movie and I'm like, I feel like I could take on anything. Wayland's message. Waymond. You've Waymond. said it like five times. It's uh, Waymond. Sorry. Waymond. Uh, his message could easily be boiled down to, to hippie bullshit. Yeah. But man, they communicate it, I think, more effectively than any other thing. Like, at love is the answer. I think they communicate it better than any other movie I've ever seen that tries to communicate it. Like, love is the message. Be kind. All that stuff. And and maybe it's because it's a multiverse and you're hearing it from different characters all at the same time. And like he's showing you that no yeah. matter how different he is in different worlds, he's still like leading or he's fighting with love. For me, it's the final scene between the mom and the daughter. I'm just I'm crying the whole time. Like I was watching it last night. I'm like, thank God Sarah's still at work because <laughs> I look ridiculous right now. Oh, God, I mean, that's, really, that's they should just sweet. play this movie at the Oscars from start to finish and then just end it with handing everyone the awards here all we get are a few specks of time where any of this actually makes any sense then i will cherish these few specks of time for being so bizarre and weird and 18 different genres at the same time it's just amazing how original it is and it's just like a nice warm hug. It feels so good. And it's so like, it's just a great movie. I'm smiling the whole time I watch it. This movie's refreshing. Refreshing as hell. Like it needs to be nominated for a bunch of stuff purely just to be recognized. Cause like this movie is 
a breath of fresh air in so many ways. Like it's relatable to everyone. It's not so deep that people don't get it. Like it's a good time the whole way through. Like it, it's artistic as fuck. Artistic like, <laughs> as fuck. It's gorgeous. Everything. It's so well done. It's so hilarious. It's it's like it's broad, but it's not. It's like it's very, very unique. Best movie of the year. I think you're trying to say this movie is everything everywhere all at once. All right, we made it. Hold on a second. I gotta gotta pull it together. I'm gonna just got done crying again after talking about that beautiful, beautiful movie. Jesus gets me every, every time. I'm feeling everything everywhere all at once, as usual, but more so now. This movie just is everything, everywhere, all, all at, at once. once. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect description. Thank God we didn't do that the entire episode. Like, yeah. Can you imagine if we did an hour of us talking about that movie and every time we say it, we, we say the entire thing? Yeah, you can't. You can't do it. That's the one thing I'm like. This movie, I love the name, but it's it's a fucking mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was great, and even if you guys didn't like it, I don't care. I love that movie. So Yeah, fuck uh, you if you didn't <laughs> like it. You're a real sour person. Like I said, only bad people don't like this movie, obviously. Well, and we got to hold ourselves together because now we're into award season, and we're just going to be real angry if it doesn't win a bunch of things. Yeah, I'm going to be probably just a total hot mess this whole season. <laughs> this is going to be stressful as we keep going. And you know what? Honestly, though, I will say happy to say this. It has been a really good year for movies. So mm -hmm. I think the Oscars will actually be good, which I feel like the movies there have not been that great for the last couple of years. Yeah, this has been a real, real great year for movies. Real step up in quality. Yeah, I'm excited. But so this next week, we are rounding out the year. We're going to do some Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. And more specifically, we are each picking a Christmas movie that we want to watch. So don't worry. We're not picking like one of those boring as typical Christmas movies because nobody who cares. I don't want to talk about Miracle on 34th Street or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a miracle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever that is. We're bringing Christmas spirit our own way. So, Jace, what did you pick? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pick some Christmas movies that uh, maybe don't get enough love, in our opinion. I am picking a a recent favorite of mine, uh, Office Christmas Party. Hell yeah, I love yeah. that one. Jason Bateman, Olivia Munn, T.J. Miller, Jennifer Aniston. It's got everyone, and then uh, my then my favorite from SNL. Why am I blanking on her name? Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Classic Kate McKinnon in this. This is really, this is like maybe her best. I mean this in the least creepy way possible. Get in the van. Yeah, that's so creepy. If you haven't seen the movie, that line alone is why you should watch it. Exactly. But yeah, you should definitely watch your else Jace is going to really sound like a perv. But <laughs> I love the choice. I think it's unorthodox. And you know what? We deserve to talk about it. And mm. uh, I also feel the same way. Mine is recent as well. Uh, came out in 2015. And it is Krampus. Oh, uh, yes. A delightful film. <laughs> I've not seen this one. So uh, this is the excuse I've needed to see it. It's just like fucking a great time and it's got a ridiculous amount of Christmas spirit, which you do not expect. And 
This director has done also Trick or Treat, great Halloween movie. I recommend that as well. He knows what he's fucking doing. He should make one for every holiday. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, he needs to do the the horror Easter movie. Dude, it's I mean the the Easter Bunny's right there. <laughs> All right, so yeah, what are we? Uh, we're we're gonna be doing some Christmas shit, but don't get your hopes up. It's not gonna be that jolly over here. Yeah, we're just gonna have fun with it. But in the meantime, keep leaving us alone. Don't go to our socials. Just don't do that. Definitely don't go to YouTube to watch our review of like Wednesday. Uh, don't do that. It's just it's not worth it. Yeah, good show though pretty good time especially if you went through a goth phase who didn't (laughs) but in the meantime have a great week and then we'll talk to you next time regular exclusive out don't forget to like and subscribe we out here